We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I'm your host, Justin Carlucci, and I'm here with the Chief, Will Priester. Another Monday, the band is back together. I'm stealing your thunder there. What's going on? How was your weekend, my friend? All good. Welcome to the Bubble Brothers Podcast. Uh, Doing great. Uh, Can't wait to uh, get in on this one. Uh, You know, nine-game slate on a Monday, so... Uh, we'll have some spots, I'm sure, that we will uh, want to talk about and pick and choose and try to give people some good analysis. Uh, we were talking pre-show. Uh, you know, Luch is about to be my accountability partner because I've been losing money on golf by not playing. And so Luch is going to uh, commit to holding me accountable and making sure I get my golf lineups in so I don't lose money every week. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm semi kidding, but I'm, I'm semi serious. I need loose to continue to push me over the edge so I can continue to be profitable in golf. I'll push you, man. I got you. That's what friends are for. <laughs> That's what friends are for. Yeah. It was a fun weekend in sports. The masters, obviously really cool to see Hideki get it done. Just a good dude. So it was cool to see him put it together and win the masters for many reasons. That, that was cool. Wasn't cool for my fantasy teams. I didn't have any Hideki, um, but nonetheless, I had fun following, and it was a great tournament. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of NBA standings here, just to kind of catch up to speed and just see what things are are looking like as we are midway through April, April already. And like yeah, we talked a little bit on the last week's pods, you know, some teams really want to win, and some teams just want to quote-unquote tank <laughs> we've seen these phantom injuries creeping in already oh I have a toe injury oh well you were fine yesterday you know one of those things oh well I, I slipped walking down the steps or something or you know whatever they gotta homework. do yeah I'll remember the whole thing with the thunder saying Al Horford's old I didn't I couldn't tell if that was a meme or not floating around on Twitter man poor Al Horford man but like there's a classic get him out of there Bro- Brooklyn will gladly take him right oh, now. oh man don't tell me that but you're right <laughs> We might not see Horford again this year. SGA has been out for a while. You know, they're not in a rush. 
They have a billion draft picks in Oklahoma City. We we if will. I'm at, if I'm out Horford, I force my way out to the Lakers right now. I said, look, give me a buyout. You know, I, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge was able to go to Brooklyn. Blake was able to go to Brooklyn. Get me out of here. Send me to the Lakers. Uh, they'd be glad to have them. And then then we'd have an even matchup. All the old stars against all the old stars. Yeah, we were on a pretty good run last week talking about random players and, like, trade destinations, and everybody was on fire. We whiffed on the Laurie Markkinen, uh, you know, situation. He did play 27 minutes, which is <laughs> the most he's played in about two weeks. But free Markkinen, maybe maybe if we go free Markkinen, like we saw Boucher, our guy, have his game, and we saw Kevin Love. And Kevin Love's going to continue to have opportunity. If you played NBA DFS on Sunday, just to go over a little recap of some things we saw, Cleveland ruled out a lot of players before Locke. You had no Garland. You had no starting backcourt. You had no Garland. You had no Colin Sexton. Of course, you had no Larry Nance and no Jared Allen. So it was another one of those Hartenstein nights that we love so much. And it, Kevin Love's going to continue to get playing time and, and usage increases and, and chance to kind of showcase himself. So... Cleveland might be one of these teams that doesn't really have anything to play for moving forward, but I know there's a ton of teams that do. So let's talk some standings. And what do you what are you looking at here in the East, Chief? Well, I think the thing in the East that I'm looking at is you got the Sixers and the Nets tied up top at 36 and 17. The Bucks are third. The Hawks, though, and this is a big one. I think this is a big one. The Hawks are in fourth place, 29 and 25, uh, just beat the Hornets today. And I'm looking at the bottom of the standings, and I see the Pacers and the Raptors. And I see that the Pacers fired Nick McMillan, and they're on the outside looking in right now, outside of a playoff, playoff, a playoff situation. And the Hawks are in fourth place. Look, I, I know that, you know, people get tired of voices in the locker room. I get it. But Nate McMillan – at Indiana humming in the Eastern Conference, getting him to the playoffs every year. Uh, I, th- I think he got the, the the short end of the stick here with that organization. And if you look now, the Hawks weren't anywhere near fourth place, I don't think, when he got there. And lo and behold, they're in fourth place now. Now, the East has been tight. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to over-exaggerate. But I think the Hawks being in fourth place right now is kind of a big deal. Um, and I, I think they'll be anywhere from four to six. Now, the Celtics are probably going to continue to play better. And that's kind of the story of the East. All the way from four through nine or ten, they've kind of got a shot at this thing. Uh, but the Bulls better have a turnaround here in their next ten games or they're going to be out. They're three and seven in their last ten, which is rough. And then you've got the Pacers and Knicks who are five and five. Celtics are seven and three. Look out. In the uh, uh, Miami five and five Hornets, no Lamelo, Gordon Hayward out, a lot of injuries, inconsistent, you know, uh, front court play, six and four in their last ten, not too shabby. If they can stay six and four, you know, I eat, you know, out of each ten game segment, they're going to stay in the playoffs. So, I, you know, as a homer, I just want to see them get in at this point. Hate Lamelo won't be available. Uh, but I think that's kind of the story of the East. Four through nine, really, really still pretty tight. Uh, and then out West, obviously, the Jazz kind of 
seemingly were, were running away, but then you got the Suns and the Clippers. And we talked about this. I think the Clippers beat the Suns the other night. And lo and behold, look at that gap. Now they're two games behind. They went tonight, got a pretty, pretty easy matchup. They'll close the gap yet again. Um, so this is, this is getting interesting, I think, with one through three. I know the Clippers are four and a half back, but eight and two. And the top, the top four teams, eight and two in their last ten. Uh, that, that should tell you all you need to know. Last big story, and I'll uh, uh, pull it over to you, Lutz. Lakers sitting in fifth place. If the playoffs started today, the Lakers would be in fifth place. The Nuggets don't want to see the Lakers in the first round. I can tell you that right now. They don't want to see the Lakers in the first round with a healthy LeBron, healthy AD, healthy Andre Drummond. The Lakers, I think, are going to be the story of the Western Conference. Where do they finish with the big three or their version of a big three with Drummond, LeBron, and AD? If What if LeBron, and I've talked about this, LeBron and AD come back two weeks out from the end of the regular season, just in enough time to try to gel with Drummond. What if they fall to six or seven? It could get ugly real fast for the top of the Western Conference just in the first round. I think this is going to make the playoffs very exciting. I don't think there's a single team in the West that wants to see any single team in the West in the first round. If you look at the East outside of Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Miami on paper, Miami is only five and five their last 10 games. Oh, they got Victor Oladipo, the world's ending. He missed a couple games. You talked about his lack of durability, which could be an issue a couple weeks ago. If he's healthy, they're dangerous. So those three teams and maybe Miami, I don't think there's a single uh, – look at all these Eastern Conference potential playoff teams you mentioned. I don't think any of them are better than the 10 teams in the West fighting for the playoffs. According to NBA.com, seven through 10 seeds will have a play-in tournament to get in. Like Golden State, I think it could be a four or maybe even a three seed if they got lucky – in the East, honestly, I think maybe they'd be a, it could be a four or a five. These teams, Dallas is a seven. Memphis quietly over five hundred, dealt with a bunch of injuries themselves, getting some good play out of Jonas Valanciunas. A bunch of role players are stepping up, like Kyle Anderson this year. So I think you know Memphis is interesting. We saw them really fighting tooth and nail in the bubble, and, and the Spurs. They've had some brutal games, but you look at that you know those three guards they have. I don't really have much up front, but you give me DeRozan, Murray, Derek White healthy and off restrictions, any given any given Sunday, as they say in NFL, any given day, those three guys could have a game and, and go off. The West is so talented, and you're right. I mean, we're close. We could potentially see a Clippers-Lakers first round four or five. I don't think it's going to happen. A couple weeks ago, it looked like, well, it depends when LeBron and AD come back because this Lakers team is – falling apart at the seams without them. Let's be real here. Well, I will say this. We're going to see how this works out with Andre Drummond in the mix. I I think the Lakers rattle off a few more wins now that he's on the roster, seemingly healthy. He's going to be 20 and 10 pretty much every game with AD and LeBron out. I, I mean, I saw a few clips of the game Saturday with Brooklyn. Listen, and I know Kyrie and, and Schroeder got ejected. Don't Don't get me wrong. I, I understand that, but Drummond is going to be a problem on a good, t- he's about to be a problem. And I know everybody's written off Drummond 
oh, he's just a stats guy. He's been on bad. He's been on bad teams. You're not going to build a team around Drummond. I get that. But you add him to a championship contender, this team is going to be a huge problem for any team in the West. I love to see uh, a Clippers-Lakers uh, uh, first round. I mean, I, I think that would bring in the, in, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the playoffs in spectacular fashion. Clippers-Lakers first round. It would be incredible. Incredible. Good point. Andre Drummond just serves so many key purposes for that team. If LeBron comes back and he's fine and Anthony Davis isn't 100% or he gets hurt again, you put LeBron and Anthony Davis together with those healthy role players, where, where do you rank the Lakers on paper with, like, LeBron and Drummond? Let's say Davis doesn't even come back for whatever reason. I mean, does that still does that make them a top three team in the West? Or is Absolutely, it, because yeah. they got LeBron. And, and LeBron has a sidekick. All LeBron needs is one sidekick. I mean, just kind of look at his career. I mean, when he was in Cleveland, he had uh, Big Z. Cool. And, then for, and, and so, so he had Big Z, and they were winning. And I know that was a different NBA. Yes, that was a different NBA. Trust me. At one point, he had Verajal, Anderson Verajal. That was a different NBA. You know, Mo Williams was there for a while. Uh, Delonte West was there for like he had kind of just one random guy. Eric Snow was there, I think, when he got there. However, it shaked out. But my point is this: LeBron just needs one sidekick. He got it done in Cleveland, just with Kyrie, no Kevin Love. Got it done without both of them, with J.R. Smith kind of shooting the lights out to help. And then he went last year and got it done with just AD. LeBron just needs one of these guys. If he gets them both, it's a bevy of riches for the Lakers. You can, in my opinion, you can hand them the Western Conference. We'll see. We have some regular season, not surprises, but val- like validation of how good Utah and the Suns really are coming together. We saw the Suns basically run the table in the bubble just about, didn't get in. And you said, hey, I'm not surprised we're 30, 37 and 15. That's what you said. And you you, you nailed it. You said they, they got hot in the bubble and added maybe the best point guard of our generation. Look at them, 37 and 15. They got some, they have underrated role players on Phoenix as well. Jay Crowder has that championship pedigree. You have guys like Bridges kind of evolving before our eyes, right? Yeah. Dario Sarge can do his thing for 20 minutes. So I think whatever DeAndre gives them in the middle, I think if he starts coming into his own consistently, then look out. Well, here's my thing. Man, this this is this is good sports talk here, guys. I mean, you're getting nugget on top of nugget here, and we haven't even hit the DFS portion yet. Uh, I promise we'll get there. My problem with 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 everything is this: my son, the Suns are my dark horse, but there still isn't anybody in the Western Conference that can beat LeBron James. That that's that's my issue. Who's going to actually stop LeBron James in the playoffs? And, I, and I'm not just talking about LeBron, the player. I'm talking about LeBron, the mastermind. I watched an All the Smoke podcast, uh, the um, uh, the version with uh, with DeMar DeRozan. DeMar talked about how brilliant of a basketball mind LeBron is. He said they were in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they had some players on the floor, and they didn't know the play. DeMar DeRozan's teammates, mind you, didn't know the play. LeBron, he said, LeBron is on the floor. 
telling DeMar DeRozan's teammates where to go. And he said he was absolutely right about everything. He said, what do you do with that? What do you do when your opponent says, no, 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 you're not even supposed to be there. You're supposed to be here. How, how, how do you stop that? When someone beats LeBron James in the playoffs, that's when the Western Conference will change. Right now, I'm going to have to hand it to the Lakers if LeBron's healthy. Well, I'd be interested to see a Lakers-Clippers match. I, I like the idea of Paul George with a chip on his shoulder. Kawhi Leonard is quietly just having another phenomenal season. No one's talking about him. He just goes out there. He has his load management games once in a while, but he's just playing efficient basketball. And you know, we've been talking about role players with championship pedigree. You get this guy healthy in a month or two. I think the addition of Serge Ibaka for L.A. is is pretty big. I mean, you can't consider this guy like a part of a big three. But you're going to take the training wheels off in the postseason. His 20 minutes a game will turn into 30 in a in – a, in a condensed rotation, and I, I'm I'm curious to see. Listen, we saw the Clippers crumble before our eyes last year. Same old story. Can never get over the hump. They've had some amazing teams. A lot of great teams with Chris Paul. They had the Lob City for a couple of years. When Blake Griffin was healthy in his prime, the first five, six, seven years in the league, that guy he was my favorite player to watch play. He did it all. I. It's hard to believe they never got to the NBA Finals with some of those teams that Doc Rivers had in L.A. Coaching's a big part of it. I don't know if I'm buying in on Lou. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'd, I I want to see some postseason Lou and see what he can do. That was pretty good. But until we see it, I'm not sure. But I think I'd like to see the Clippers duel the Lakers, man, one way or another. And I love all. The, I love the Utahs. I love the Phoenix. I love the stories. I can't wait to see Luca hopefully get in. You know, Dame Dalla having an MVP season. We're in for a treat this summer. Hey, closing thoughts on the standings, and then we'll move on to some DFS. Um, I think if I, I'm gonna go back to the East for a second. I think we're gonna see some surprises here in the East as it gets shaken out. Like eventually. The bad teams are going to be bad, and the good teams are going to be good. I'm hoping my Hornets hang on in there. I want to see if the Celtics are going to make a push and try to make it up the ladder here. We know they've got the talent. You know, Are they going to turn on the Jets and get some continuity going in, with this team on the offensive and defensive end? If the Celtics can climb to five, right, and, and they very well could. Like, they may end up in the fourth spot. Bottom line is this. I don't think they're going to make it anywhere near the top three. I don't think anyone wants to see the Celtics in a four or five matchup. And that, that, that's where the Celtics might give people some problems. Um, I mean, I, I, I see the Celtics ending up in either four or five and maybe the heat as well. It seems like we might get a four or five heat Celtics or something like that. The Hawks very well could get, keep winning, but I do think the heat and Celtics make a really late push here. I know I was pretty much, trashing the east but and rightfully so compared to the west it's apples to oranges from top to bottom we have some elite teams up top in the east but if i'm buying low on anybody and i know this sounds probably horrible right now but we kind of do have a lot of nba time until the playoffs and a lot of time for some people to get healthy and you know some continuity to you know to take place and some people to gel I might buy low on Toronto. They kept they kept the gang together. You know, the drama's over. 
you still have Kyle Lowry, who came back on Sunday, by the way, had a good first half, didn't see what he did. You still have Siakam. You can get Van Fleet healthy. OG is one of the elite wing defenders in the league right now. Uh, You have a nucleus there. Nick Nurse, how many times do we have to talk to you on this podcast indirectly? You need someone else to step up. Huh, Chief, who who could step up for this Toronto Raptors team? Who could be the unsung hero? Could it be Chris Boucher by chance maybe getting an expanded role? I don't know. I'm just saying you can get the Raptors to win the East. And I know it sounds a little ridiculous right now, because of Brooklyn, I, but so many things could happen in the next 35 to one to win the East. I mean, that's, that's a little bit of bang for your buck. I don't love it. I guess you can consider them a long shot, but you know, Toronto gets ahead one Oh, two Oh in a series. I mean, Hey, that's the, you know, you got a good backcourt in Toronto. That's all I'm going to say with a quality rotation. If Nick nurse can figure it out, you buying low on anybody. I mean, I think if I had to buy low on anybody right now, it's just going to have to be the Knicks. If the, if the Knicks get any more talent with this with this coaching of Tom Thibodeau and his toughness, they're going to be tough outs and possibly climbing the standings. They just need a little bit more talent, man. They got to get more shooting on this team. They, they, they need a little bit more spacing. But uh, that I think that's – and they're probably still going to be a tough out. I don't, think you're, I don't think anybody's sweeping the Knicks this year if they make it in. Best defensive efficiency in the league. They play slow. They're going to be a thorn in the side for somebody. They will not get swept wherever they go. I guarantee no, you they steal a game. Definitely not getting swept. New York has something to cheer for again. It, things might be trending in the right direction between Brooklyn and, of course, New York Knicks. So let's get some DFS talk in, right? That's what is. This will be quick, guys. I mean, this was important. Good Listen, I don't think people value – I think information like this is valuable, especially when you're th- talking about constructing lineups. You don't realize how important standings are until you look around and say, wait a minute, we may need to be playing Atlanta Hawks starters. They're trying to win. We may need to be playing these starters. They're trying to win. They're not tanking like some of these other guys. So I, I think it's important to keep, you know, keep that those things top of mind, especially as the season wanes along. Yeah, yeah when you, especially when a team that needs to keep winning is in a game against a bad team, maybe the spread's like 11 or 12 and you're scared to play someone on the favorite. Well, they're not just going to – if they, it's a 15-point game, they need to put the hammer down in the fourth quarter, right? It's not like they're running away with it uh, yeah. in the Eastern Conference or something like that. You know, they want to – you're going to see at least six minutes in the fourth quarter unless it's like a 30-point game. So the teams that need to win, you know, I'm a little less afraid to play their starters in a, a big point spread game where you're like, oh, well, maybe it's a blowout got to win they got to win right so um we're gonna talk some players and their salaries however if you don't like salaries you can go check out super draft where you can roster your favorite players without worrying about a salary cap get on over there to super draft promo code grinders g-r-i-n-d-e-r-s grinders for a 50 dollar instant deposit alongside with the 50 percent deposit match bonus up to 500 dollars so if you're not a fan of the salary cap with the roster construction, go on there and check out Super Draft promo code Grinders. But we're talking salary cap on this show, so let's get to it, man. Big slate on Monday. Weekend NBA is just finicky sometimes. Weird stuff happens over the weekend. A couple of me and my friends always joke about it. I say, "Hey, are you playing NBA tonight?" 
Luch, how many times do I got to tell you, stop playing weekend NBA. Guys get weird nights off sometimes and things happen. I mean, you know, we saw a bunch of action before lineup lock on Sunday night. So I get it. So maybe we're getting back to another work week. Huge slate. We have a national TV game, Philly and Dallas, Chief. Uh, it was I forget it was somebody else, but they bumped it off last week and decided to put uh, Luca against the process on it. So uh, Dallas on a back to back, but since it's a national TV game, I think we're more prone to see Porzingis uh, in this one on the second leg. And Dallas, a team that needs to keep winning, Philly, a team that's fighting for that one seed in the East. So here we are, pretty big game right from the get go to talk about some stud firepower in this one, Chief. So. Are you interested in the process or you look at Luca? Any other role players in this game that you're targeting? Well, I mean, on FanDuel, Luca is 10 2. I think that's getting down into the spot where we can play him. The problem is, you know, we really haven't seen the 60 point upside from Luca. You know, he's got a couple 50 sprinkled in, but nothing crazy. Been hovering in the high 40s, and that's still not going to be enough at that price tag. Uh, you know, so, but we know that Luca has the upside. Um, Porzingis is 8,700. I'm just going to stay away. I don't play Porzingis, you know, with these prices unless Luca's out or unless he's in just like the smash of all smash spots. This one ain't it. So uh, I'm not going to be playing Porzingis here. I'm kind of out on Dallas, you know, especially on FanDuel. Dorian Finney-Smith, 6K. Uh, no, thank you. Josh Richardson, 5,200. Don't hate it. Uh, you know, many revenge. Uh, for Josh Richardson played with Philly last year but all in all I just think you know this is kind of, this is going to be a pretty good game uh, in terms of both teams wanting to win uh, Phillies I think they're still playing pretty good defense I don't see Dallas you know getting off too much here so uh, I'm, I'm almost going to be staying away and I think I may take a full fade on Luke I know he's 10-2 but I think I'm going to take the full fade yeah on DK for me I, I'm interested in Embiid I know you can say that any game, any day of the week, but for me right now, and if I have any more time to look into this more, but I think that's it for me right now. Steven Adams gave Embiid some problems on Friday. The Sixers just laid an egg collectively, lost to the Pelicans, inexcusable, terrible game. Every team kind of has those games once in a while. But they came back out on the back-to-back and throttled Oklahoma City. Not that they shouldn't, but they took care of business. Embiid came back and had 27 real points in 27 minutes, had 51 DKP in 27 minutes. So he was pissed off and he did his thing. Um, in the one previous matchup, here's something for you against Dallas earlier this year. Embiid was five for 20 from the floor in just 27 minutes, but he still had 47 DK points shooting 25% from the floor. He had nine boards, four assists, a couple blocks, a couple steals. Um, so, Embiid's not a, a guy who I'm not worried about playing in slow games because you don't, you know, they, he plays through the post anyway, and he's usually pretty efficient. So for me in this game, it's Embiid, you know, I'll consider Luca because everybody talks about how good the Sixers are defensively. They just seem to get torched once in a while by the other team's superstar. I mean, look at Zion the other night, absolutely destroyed Philly. So I do have mild interest in Luca, but on DK for me, it's Embiid. I don't mind the Porzingis matchup, but 8,900, on a huge slate, I can't do it. Uh, ben Simmons, 8,200, almost at 8K. A lot of narratives going on there. Needs to start playing. I know his price might be a little more appealing on FanDuel, Chief. 
Man, listen, Ben Simmons is 7,200 on FanDuel. I mean, I, and, and really, he's warrant, he's, his price is warranted. He's been in the like mid and low 30s most games. You know, he'll sprinkle in a 40, but at 7,200, you just have to start taking shots. Like, it's just how it works. He puts up 45 at 7,200. He's, he's getting close to being on any optimal lineup at that point. I th- and, you know, and, and look, Dallas hasn't been playing great defense anyway. So at 7,200, I'm in. Uh, Tobias is 77. Not playing Tobias tomorrow. Nothing against him. I don't play Tobias at that price unless Embiid is out. And then Embiid at 10-4, uh, he's definitely on my list in this spot. You know, I, I, I'm not afraid to play him again against Dallas. I think he can hang a big number here, especially if the game is a little tight down the stretch. As of right now, with the news we have, I think Ben Simmons is going to carry a lot of ownership, but it's rightful ownership. I think without looking on FanDuel, I'm talking FanDuel, and I don't usually. Yeah. I think you have to lock him in on cash games. As of right now, you know, 11 o'clock Sunday night when we're talking. 7,200. I mean, what do you do? He's got a high floor at that price. He gets three steals. There's, oh, my God. If he gets three or four steals, then forget about it, right? Like. You're off to the races already at that price. Yeah, man, it's just it's just so. what you have to do. Eighty two hundred on DK. I can't. I can. Nope. I can't justify it. Yep. So. Nope. Don't like that, Jeff. I'm with you. All right. This next one might be a quicker one. As much as we love talking about the Knicks and the Lakers in terms of what they're going to do in the playoffs in real life, are you passing on this game? Are you going to play a Julius Randle revenge game at all, Chief? Are you going to have any exposure there? You talked about Andre Drummond a little bit. He's sixty eight hundred on DK. What do you think about Drummond here? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm – I'm not really interested in this game. Uh, I will say this, though. You called out Derrick Rose Menace uptick. Did get the job done against Memphis. Excellent call out there. Uh, wanted to let you take your victory lap for sure. Um, but but overall, I don't really have much interest in this game. I don't feel like I need one person. Now, I will say this. Drummond is 6,500. I mean, he played 22 minutes. They were actually handling business against Brooklyn. 20 points, 11 rebounds, one block, one steal, 36 fantasy points. I do think Drummond is in play at 6,500. I expect this game to be a lot more competitive. Slower game, but that I don't think that's going to stop Drummond from eating on the glass. So uh, I am interested in Drummond at 65. And Schroeder at 69 is right on the edge. If Kuzma's out again and, and, uh, and, and Wesley Matthews, THT at 6K is actually going to be in play for me. I, I played him on Saturday, put up 40. And I think now, now part of that is, you know, Schroeder got ejected. So I think his assist numbers went up a little bit. I, I, I do think the scoring numbers go up if Schroeder stays in the game. So I, I would have mild interest at 6K if both of those guys were out. But all in all, I'm not touching this game. All in all. It is worth noting that, yeah, Dallas is on a second leg of a back-to-back. So is New York. And they're in a wire-to-wire grind game with the Raptors right now as we're recording this. Good old Nick Nurse run in a 10-man rotation. There's four and change left in the game, and Boucher has just played 25 minutes. It's like, come on, man. Um, but, you know, Rodney Hood's back. Van Fleet didn't play. Lowry ended up playing, and he played at least 33 minutes. He missed some time. He was very chalky at a good price tag on FanDuel. I get it, but it's good to see him, and it's a good sign for the Raptors that he played 30-plus after missing some time. I am looking at this Knicks box score, though, Chief. Maybe it's because they're on a back-to-back. I don't know. We know Tibbs likes to run his starters into the ground, right? Reggie Bullock only played – I mean, there's four minutes left in the game. Bullock played 22 minutes. 
Barrett's only at 28. Alfred Payton's only at 17. Noel's only at 24. Derek Rose has only played 23 minutes. Tibbs is as 11 deep right now tonight. So something to keep an eye on. I don't know if it's a back-to-back thing, but right now, as of right now, there's four and change left in this Raptors next game. As we're looking at it, check this out tomorrow, guys. Randall's the only starter that's played 30 plus minutes so far on this one. So might want to check some coaches quotes. You have to be ready. You know, that's a little interesting, right? We're used to seeing 36, 37, 38 out of most of these starters that Tibbs has. I mean, that those are very interesting findings. Feels like he's maybe trying to challenge this team because he knows Toronto doesn't quite have all the guns. But I can't speak for that because I haven't watched that game. But that's very unusual for Knicks players to not play, you know, a full complement of minutes. Perhaps, perhaps Tibbs is trying to ease them up because he feels like maybe this team is going to get in. But they're only in the eighth seed right now, I think. So they still got it. If they want to really secure it, they, they need to get some more wins. And right as we're doing the podcast, I mean, DeMar Rosen just nails the game winner for uh for san antonio over dallas so uh, there you go yeah we'll see how momentum you know carries over for dallas the spurs are also on a second leg they'll play orlando who is also on a second leg a lot of back-to-backs this sunday monday in the association and this is gonna be there's gonna be a lot of questionable tags by the time you guys listen to this podcast monday morning because i'm just looking at the spurs uh dallas box score as you said listen demar DeRozan played 35 minutes you know uh, Poeto played 30, Pertle, Poeto, whatever, whatever his enunciation is. He played 35. Derek White and Murray both played 33. They ran a nine deep only, which is great because, like we talked about, we know what Pop wants to do with that rotation. But on the back to backs, I don't know. And you're playing Orlando, who a lot of people are calling them a G League team. So maybe, maybe we have a rest candidate on, on the Spurs, but they have to win. But anybody else in the league, maybe there's nobody that rests. But you have to like your odds that maybe resting one of these guards is still going out there and, and catching a dub against Orlando. And you look at the Dallas side, Porzingis, who rests almost every second leg of a back-to-back monster game, played 36 minutes, 31-15 and 15 for Porzingis. I know we're kind of backtracking here, but just with all these second legs here, you know, we got to we gotta monitor this stuff come, you know, Monday afternoon. I'm, I'm sure where there's going to be a lot of game time decisions and phantom injuries again, Chief, on Monday. Yeah, for sure, going to be some phantom injuries. And I'm just going to keep this game simple. I'm not playing anybody in this game. San Antonio, Orlando, nobody. As of right now. As as long as as the rotation stays normal. Now, if we get 50 million people ruled out, we have to take a look at it. But as of right now, not playing a single soul from this game. Absolutely. Let's get to the fun one, right? A lot of points, no defense. The Minnesota Timberwolves, surprisingly, are on a second leg of a back-to-back on Monday. (laughs) they're taking on the Nets, and we know the Nets news. That's the good thing. We know the Nets news. A lot of times we don't. We know James Harden's out. We know Kyrie Irving's out. We know Kevin Durant's on some type of restriction. And you got Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns has been a beast last calendar month, Chief. What do you like in this one? The thing is with Brooklyn, you have all these role players, and you just – it's tricky. It's tricky with the Brooklyn value. It's it's unsafe. It's uncomfortable playing value from Brooklyn, right? Well, High ceilings, extremely low floors with a lot of those value pieces on Brooklyn. So tell me a little more about what you're thinking with this one. Because LaMarcus is out, 
do we get a little bit of DeAndre Jordan for size because of Carl Anthony Towns? I know we probably didn't expect to start there, but he's 3,500 on FanDuel. He could actually very easily start in this spot. Uh, Blake Griffin, are they going to run him out there for 25, 30 minutes? I don't know. Is Nick Claxton, he's probably our, our sleeper here. To get 25 minutes, maybe that'd be awesome. Uh, the guys are extremely high per minute use, uh, point per minute, yeah, point per minute producer. I think I think you start with Bruce Brown though. I feel like he's the safest of the bunch, a guy that we think is going to be on the floor. No Harden and no Kyrie. I definitely think Bruce Brown gets 30 minutes here. Uh, Tyler Johnson is out as well. Maybe we get a little bit of Chris Chioza, and then these game these names don't sound good. But when they're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, folks, all these names sound good. So I, I think Chris Chioza may be in play here along with Bruce Brown. Uh, not sure what they're going to do with uh, Landry Shamet and, and with Kevin Durant still on this restriction. Jeff Green is probably going to be in play a little bit. Uh, you know, is Joe Harris going to come from out of the corner and shoot a few a few extra shots? Not sure. But, I, but at the top of the list right now for me, Bruce Brown. Next would be, I think, Nicholas Claxton because of his point-per-minute production. And then maybe Chris Chioza. If Chris Chioza gets to start, he's in play against Minnesota, bottom line. Yeah, I'd like to see him get the start, though. I was flipping through the channels late last week. Maybe it's an omen. And I saw Chris Chioza in the Florida days popped on the TV. He had a sick game winner in whatever year it was. And one of the – I can't remember. All the years blend together. But, man, was he good at Florida. And he is min price on DK. Have to keep that in mind. Nick Claxton, also 3,100 on DK. And he's the big. Listen, play Cla- I'm just telling you right now, just play him. And I, I know I interrupted you, Luch. I'm sorry. Hey, don't apologize. Just play the man tomorrow. You know, he's going to get minutes in this spot. No Lamarcus, he's playing, man. Listen, he's you're the only one in the world minutes. I let yell at me. So, I love it. Keep, <laughs> let's keep it going. Claxton, 3,100 DK. DeAndre Jordan hasn't played a game since March. He's just getting DNPs. Claxton is at least seeing the time. He's playing, he's playing in the teens every game when Brooklyn's been as healthy as they've been. He's 6'11". He's not tiny. He's going to get some of that burn, right, against Cat. They need some size down there. I'd like to get some coach speak on this. I'd like to see some beat reports. I'd like to see a starting lineup, right? But I think regardless, I'm interested in Claxton. And this is not comfortable value stuff unless we know they're starting or they have a big role. But I think you have to roll the dice on here because it's a big slate, a lot of studs in play. And I like I like what you're saying here. Chioza, Claxton, take a look at those guys. Guys like TLC always pop up in, in projections once in a while and optimizers. I get it. Well, Here's the thing. Let's so let's just go process of elimination. Kyrie is out. Mm-hmm. He's like the secondary point guard. Harden is out. He's like the primary. Bruce Brown is playing. He's kind of like the tertiary or the third. The, the, yeah, I think it's tertiary. Yeah, I think I'm right on that pronunciation. Works, He's right. like the ter- tertiary guy, right? <laughs> and then that leaves Chris Chioza because remember they Kevin Durant still on limit. They got Landry Shamit to play. He can play the two or the three. I think Chris Chioza starts here. Just I, looking at this roster. He's like the pure I, I point think he, guard. Yeah, he, he's, he's the guy. Like he, He's the de facto point guard that has to start. 
they probably start Bruce Brown at the two or three, Landry Shaman at the two or three, or, or, or Joe Harris at the two or three, Jeff Green, and then they'll probably either play Blake some, but Blake's not playing 25 minutes, hardly any games. I think Clax, I think Claxton gets the burn we're looking for. Blake probably picks up a few extra minutes. Kevin Durant's going to play about 25 minutes. I, I, I think this Brooklyn Valley is going to be in play against Minnesota, man, a little bit more than we think. I think Chioza starts for sure. I like Chioza. I like Claxton. Like I said, Bruce Brown going to be that combo guard. And when let's just say Chioza starts, right, then Bruce Brown, when he gets to the bench for a rest, Brown will probably be that combo guard bringing the ball up. We saw him do it in Detroit quite a bit. Tricky price point, though, depending on what value opens up. For me, 4800 on DK. I don't hate it, but I like would much rather build if Chioza starts or Cla- – like, if we know those guys are in, I'd rather go more stars and scrubbish than probably play a Bruce Brown in with those two guys because those two uh, – Chioza at mid-price and Claxton 3100 They're like walking six-times value guys in the situation tomorrow. I can't not play them if we know they're getting a huge role. So – We'll see what happens. And, you know, Jeff Green, I don't mind. He's 4,600. You know, you're probably thinking, well, almost the same price as Bruce Brown. But I just really like Green's flexibility. He can literally handle the ball once in a while. He could play two through five small ball when Cat's not in there. Um, And the fact that DeAndre Jordan's getting a bunch of DMPs. I kind of like Jeff Green for larger field GPP stuff as well. Um, I know we should probably talk about the Minnesota side of the ball here. Do you think Carl Anthony Towns is going to have a field day inside? Oh, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, if, if I'm going to stack this game in, in the form of a game stack, I'm taking Towns and I'm probably taking two or three guys from Brooklyn. And that's the way I'm going to do it. Uh, I mean, heck, Jaden McDaniels is probably going to be in place somewhat as well. But, you know, I don't, I don't feel like he's completely necessary, especially with, with D'Lo back. But I'm telling you, Carl Anthony Towns, man, the spot of all spots. We call it the Brooklyn bump. And uh, he's sure getting it today. He's the only guy from Minnesota that I feel like you absolutely need to place in your lineups. Everybody else, I'm okay with or without. D'Angelo Russell's priced up to 7500 on FanDuel now. No, thank you. Well, I think we need to watch him, too. Second leg of a back-to-back just came back. I am if, not going to be surprised if he gets ruled out tomorrow after shoot-around. And then it gets interesting because if, if, yeah. if D'Angelo Russell's out and Malik Beasley is still out, which he is, then I'm like, okay, Anthony Edwards is in the mix here against a terrible Brooklyn defense. Oh, man. But not yeah. only is he in play, but Ricky Rubio's sitting here at 5,100. You look at his game log. He's absolutely in play. It's been price. fairly disgusting because his minutes are like, he only cracked 30 minutes once since the end of March. But well, D'Angelo's back. D'Angelo's back. D'Angelo's back, and that's a big factor. And if this game is fairly close, then Rubio could see 30 minutes tomorrow if D'Angelo's out. And then, and then we're talking because, I mean, Brooklyn yeah. plays no defense. I mean, I'm looking my chops at that Rubio Towns pick and roll potential here we got going on. So we got to see some in, more info Monday afternoon. Yeah. Here. You want to move on? Circle this game and come back to it. You'll need some pieces from this game. Yeah. Take on a GPP. I'm with you. I'm with you. So what are your thoughts on Washington and Utah? Probably not nearly as attractive as a game. You know, Brad, Brad Beal is probable though. Yeah, um, everybody's back from Washington. I don't like this game. And I, and I like Washington generally, but with everybody, you know, kind of back from Washington, Beal and Westbrook playing Utah at home, I'm just going to avoid this game. Now, now, and maybe that's the wrong play. Now, now, if Clarkson's out, now now maybe we're talking. I do typically like spots against Washington, 
uh, if Clarkson is is indeed out again, he's doubtful. He is he's doubtful for the game. That changes things. Well, Donovan Mitchell's nine K on FanDuel now, and I mean he's been worth that. He's been worth that. Joe Angles at fifty five hundred though against Washington. Uh, sign me up there, Boyan Bogdanovich fifty two hundred. Don't hate it. We talked about our boy Royce O'Neal in that last spot. Remember. Played against Sacramento, uh, played against Portland, Sacramento, 32 fantasy points, two steals in the block, five points, 14 rebounds, three assists. That's what we're talking about. That's what you're going to get with Royce O'Neal in up-tempo spots. Uh, last time they played Washington, only put up 21 fantasy points. Still still slightly overvalued. Not really worried about it too much. Bottom line, I don't really like anybody from Washington. I do think Mitchell's in play, and Angles is absolutely in play on FanDuel at 5,500. Uh, against the Washington Wizards. Here's the beautiful thing about Joe Ingles, and you have to be selective when you play him. We saw Mike Conley miss some bubble action in the playoffs last year, and we saw Ingles have some really big games. Why? Because he handles the ball a lot. Now you're missing Mike Conley against Washington, and you're going to be missing Jordan Clarkson, another high-usage ball handler. When Donovan Mitchell is running off ball or on the bench, Joe Ingles is going to be Point Ingles. Point Ingles initiated tomorrow against a high-paced Wizards team doesn't play in defense. I think it's, it's actually possible on DK with the position flexibility, 5,700. It's possible he doesn't carry the ownership he deserves tomorrow, too. If people are going stars and scrubs, you know, with the Brooklyn news breaks the right way, I like the spot for Joe Ingles, too, Chief. I mean, you look at that assist rates, you see his numbers when he handles the ball. He's very crafty with the ball and his uh, production when he has the ball in his hands and he has the minutes. Jordan Clarkson has been stepping on his heels all year and vice versa. Their roles kind of interchanged throughout the year. Who's been the first guy coming off the bench, et cetera. Cause I think both of them have played well at different times. Big spot for Joe Ingles chief. I'm with you. And you know, not, now that we're mentioning this, Joe Ingles might be a lot, button on FanDuel, he, he he's 5,500. He just might be a lot like, he picks up 35 fantasy points at, at 5,500. He's squarely in play. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't typically like to give out locks that early because I, I need more news in, in my, in my, in my arsenal, but at 5,500, uh, man, in this spot, he's, he's getting close to a lot, button. I think we'll, we'll see where I'm at tomorrow, but, but I think he's going to be a lot. Yeah. That is the game to watch, too, at least on Utah's side. A game where you don't need to force a run back from the Wizards either. Find a little bit of Utah exposure if you can, if you're comfortable with it. You heard the guys we like. And, yeah, Bogdanovich is a nice GPP option, too. He's below five. Absolutely. He's going to come in much lower than he should be. He does every time in these spots. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been playing that well, simply put. But now you're missing two other guards. He's up in the pecking order tomorrow, under 5K on DK. Going to be probably sub 15, 20%. I'll tell you, know, I'll take a, I'll take a shot in him. So check out the Utah injury report tomorrow, Monday, Chicago and Memphis chief Memphis, uh, man, this whole slate, everybody playing Sunday, Monday is crazy. Um, Chicago and Memphis both played Sunday. Wow. Way to go. Adam Silver. What are you doing on Monday? Uh, wow. Okay. Who's I'm giving th- them a pass COVID season. They're trying to squeeze these games in as best they can it'll get back to normal come next come next december 
I know. And you know what? I, I actually think Adam Silver is already one of the best commissioners of all time. I know it might be a bold thing, but he's dealt with a lot of stuff. And he's he's filling maybe some of the biggest shoes of all time in David Stern. We'll talk about commissioners maybe one day of this week, right? That'd be a fun yeah. little side Yeah, Vince McMahon would be a good commissioner to talk about. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a conversation for another day. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah, circle that later good. in the week. We'll talk some commissioners. Yeah. So Levine's been gelling again lately, Chief. And Voos is kind of finding his way with Chicago a little bit. <laughs> the Bulls are fun. What a great trade. Voos to the Bulls. It's cool. Voos is 91 on DK. Levine, 8,700. Valanchunas, we talked about him about a week or two ago, saying how well he's been playing. The guy just continues to smash. And hear me out. I don't love this game because I like those two other teams. Like, I like Utah exposure and that Brooklyn, Minnesota. Ah, Ja is under 7K on DK, and it's been a while. He's 6,800 on DK. I feel like we're almost in the Ben Simmons territory of Ja Moran on DK now, right? 6,800 in a high-paced game is tough to pass up on. You have to. I, I get it. Like, you, you just keep taking shots on guys like that. And Ja hasn't been playing extremely well from a fantasy perspective, but he also hasn't been playing extremely bad. He's kind of been low 30s, mid 30s. And at 6,800, you know he's got some more meat on the bone, a little bit more room for upside. Uh, on FanDuel, he's 7,100, which is still okay. I mean, um, you know, he put up 36 against Indiana tonight. Uh, in 34 minutes, I mean, if he gets 40, you're going to be perfectly fine with that. So I, I, I think John's got some more meat on the bone. Uh, and I'm going to talk about both teams collectively. I am out. I'm out on Zach Levine now. He's 8,700 on FanDuel. Uh, I, I think that I think they've got him priced where he should be. So I'm not playing Levine in this spot. Um, Kyle Anderson is 7,300 on FanDuel. Not touching that with a 10 foot pole, and it's got nothing to do against Kyle Anderson. It's just for a guy that is, isn't playing 30 minutes consistently, I just can't invest that kind of salary. If he was playing 35 minutes every game, I actually would possibly consider it against Chicago in a spot where he's got the 45-point upside. But I can't do it when he's 7,300 playing 27 minutes. It just doesn't uh, uh, fit my, my style of play. Vooch at 95 and uh, Jonas at 78 on FanDuel. I don't hate the prices, but – I would just rather spin all the way up, all the way up, and get cat today against Brooklyn. So I'm probably going to pass on these guys, but I'm not. That doesn't mean they're bad plays. Yeah, I'm interested in Ja and Valanciunas. Uh, not in terms of building optimally. I don't really have interest in anybody on Chicago. However, if I'm going to multi-enter tomorrow, which I might, I'll probably go over the field on Vucevic because I just don't think he is carrying the ownership that he should. Um, and I think I think sooner and later we're going to see a 60 bomb from Vuce. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow, but I'm willing to take my my cracks at it. Want to move on here? We've got a couple more games left here. Let's do got, it, man. We're almost to the end of the line. Yeah, got a big one. A big one. Uh, probably a very high expected point total. And uh, the Pelicans who played Sunday are playing again Monday. Another team who wouldn't be surprised if we see some – Surprising things on the injury report Monday, potentially, with the Pelicans. Zion's been playing a lot. He's been playing well. Um, but, you know, they're hungry and they want to win. And you got the Kings, who we talk about the Kings a lot because they don't play any defense. And we like picking players against them. And they have De'Aaron Fox. It's pretty damn good. So he's a fun guy to run it back with. Going to be a high point total here, Chief, and it's a late tip-off. So 
if you've listened to this pod before, you know there might be a little less ownership on these guys than what there should be, even in good spots. So, I mean, anytime I can see Darren Fox like 9,300 or less, I'm interested, especially in this matchup. So I do like De'Aaron Fox against New Orleans. I got to look up his games because DK says he's averaging 70 DK points across two games against New Orleans. (laughs) I can't think which games. I I actually think that's true. I I know. I know. I just want to look it up. But anyway, tell me a little bit about this game while I pull these Fox numbers up. Man, pull pull stat muse. They should be able to. I got you. Yep. Uh, I I, I think I think that's actually correct. At any rate, I I think Fox is going to be in play here. Um, we're, we're not saying he's going to get 70, but I mean, he's, he's in play. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, his, his upside hasn't been there consistently now, but at 5,700 on FanDuel, I don't hate it. Uh, I think, I think he's going to be in play. Um, you know, this might be a spot to go, to go Harry Barnes again. Um, you know, up tempo game, expect to be competitive. He's probably going to play 35, 38 minutes, whatever it is. Uh, he he could get there, and then you know Rashawn Holmes. What is he going to do? He's been playing in the mid thirties as well. So I don't I don't hate guys like this in spots where it's going to be up tempo because they're not going to feel great. You're not going to feel good putting Rashawn Holmes in your lineup today. You're not going to feel good putting Harrison Barnes in your lineup today. You probably won't feel good playing Buddy Heald in your lineup today. Uh, look out! Don't look now. Maurice Harkless played thirty one minutes against Utah. I don't know why. I think he did start the game, by the way. You might not feel good playing Maurice Harkless against uh, New Orleans, but the bottom line is this. These guys are going to play big minutes. It's going to be a fast-paced game, and I, th- I think, you know, this game is in consideration for a major game stack. I'm going to go ahead and hop to the other side as well because I'm not going to play a whole lot of guys from New Orleans, I don't think, unless, you know, the injury news continues to break our way. Secondarily, Zion is just on a mission right now to score 30 points a game just played tonight against Cleveland 38, nine, four and two blocks, 56 fantasy points. Don't guess what Zion's 10 K. I, I can't play Zion at 10 K. I, I just can't do it. And he has been giving us the upside recently. I, I get it, but I, I'm more than willing to pass on Zion and, and outside of a game stack. Let, let me make that very clear. I'm not playing Zion as a one-off in any other lineup game stack. Absolutely. So De'Aaron Fox on February 1st had 63 DK points against the Pelicans. He had 38 and 12. Whoa. And then in January, he had 77 and 39 minutes. He had 43 and 13. Marvin Bagley played in both games. Halliburton played in both games. And Buddy Heald played in both games. So it's not even like they had any – they weren't missing any usage hogs. So – Everybody was pretty healthy. Now, Chief, you know I like a good narrative. So yeah, I, 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 know. I had to pull this, and I'm like, is there a draft pick thing? Is there like, where's the? Is there a chip on the shoulder? Like, is there something? Right? Is there? Is well, there? Well, clearly, clearly, Buddy played in New Orleans. This we know. Buddy played. I'm talking about the Aaron Fox. Aha, aha. Aaron Fox was born there. How about that? How about that? Born there. They get a little homecoming for Darren Fox. It's in New Orleans. It's in New Orleans. All right. They got some fans in there. Maybe Listen, they got- I, I, I can dig it. I can dig that. 
It's just, I can dig that. It, I, you know what? I like if I can't decide between a couple guys, but hey, let's just see. Where, where's his birthday? Where is he? He's a great, <laughs> great. He's a great price. He's a great matchup. The fact that he is from New Orleans is like, hey, I'll have some Fox exposure tomorrow. So, yeah, got to keep an eye on this one. We'll see what the Pelicans decide to do throughout the day on Monday. I'm probably out on Zion, too. I get it. I get it. And it's a good matchup. I just can't do it. <laughs> Chief, yeah. I can't do it. 10K on FanDuel, too. So, like I said, I just, I can't. I get it. Yeah. And 8,500 for Ingram is just, he hasn't flashed oh, that up. No. He hasn't flashed that upside that we've seen sometimes last year. Maybe it's partially in fact that Zion is really taking the reins of this thing and he just doesn't have the opportunity to. So, I'm kind of out on the Pelicans unless we, right now, as of now, with the news we have, things could change. But I'm with you. Golden State, Denver, Chief. We got two more to cover here. Some of them might be quicker than others. I think we need to spend a little bit of time on the Warriors here. We know Kelly Oubre is not playing. And uh, just tough news for James Wiseman and and the Warriors. And uh, he'll be out a while, as far as I know. Uh, he will not be playing. What 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 did he go down with? What does he have? Tor- torn meniscus, actually. Yep. Torn meniscus. Ah, sucks. Um, so, yeah, Golden State, Denver. Like, what do you think Curry – I don't know what Curry is on FanDuel, but if I told you he is 10-3 on DK playing at 10 o'clock on this slate, you think he's a contrarian look or you think a lot of people are going to play him? Uh, I think he's contrarian. He's 10-1 on FanDuel. I think there are going to be a lot of other guys that we'd rather invest in, like a De'Aaron Fox who's going to be cheaper in a spot against New Orleans. And I'm sure the masses are going to be digging up this interesting news about De'Aaron Fox's fantasy production against New Orleans. And God forbid he comes out and puts up another 60 spot. Uh, man, that's going to be amazing. So I, I think Curry gets lost in the shuffle here. I think they're going to want to play his counterpart. If they haven't priced him up too much on DK, Kent Bazemore is 5,200 on FanDuel, playing 30-plus minutes now. Uh, I think that's okay in this spot. You know, I, I know we got to see if Jamal Murray's going to play and stuff like that, but uh, I, I don't think people are going to be – heavily invested in Curry or Draymond for that, for that matter. I just think that I think this whole team gets lost in the shuffle and they very well may get lost in the shuffle in my own lineups. Yeah. I hear you. I like Curry in this spot for tournaments. You think what if I told you I like Curry better if Jamal Murray plays? Yeah. Jamal Murray's defense has not been great. I'd almost prefer Jamal Murray to be in and play Curry. That's just my two cents. Well, you take Ubrain and Wiseman off the court via Roto Grinders court IQ. He gets almost a 4% usage bump, so it's up to 35% usage for Curry without Ubrain and Wiseman. 1.73 DK points per minute this year. Oh, that's a crossover 300 minutes cheap. It's not like it's 15 uh, or 20. You push me over the edge, man. Curry is a sleeper. Yeah. He probably won't have the ownership. I mean, at those rates, that's a 60 spot easily. Yeah. I mean, he, he, uh, you know, that production and that price tag are going hand in hand. That He's an 11K player at those rates, not a 10K. You get 1.73 per minute, you know, you're pushing over 60. At 35 K. minutes, he's 60.55 fantasy points. Yeah. Exactly what we thought. Man, we've been playing a long time. I didn't even really need my calculator, but I pulled it out anyway. And it gave us 60.55, so we were pretty much dead on the head with 60 fantasy points. Yeah, so I like Curry a lot tomorrow. Denver side of thing, 
you know, Jokic is on play every slate. He probably won't carry a ton of ownership in this one. So I think if you could somehow build a team with Jokic and Curry with a bunch of bottom Brooklyn guys who go off, I can, I can see it. Um, it's just been tough. It's been tough, especially if Murray plays. You, know, you bring Aaron Gordon in, you know, more, you know, more uh, ball to go around there. I mean, Aaron Gordon is just not – he's like fourth in the pecking order here. It is barely scoring, you know. I we don't really know. He's what, not what, doing anything different than he did in Orlando, so I'm not covering up for Aaron Gordon, which is why he was on my do not playlist. Can you tell that he was on my do not playlist? <laughs> yeah, I, so that's, it's quick for me in Denver. I get it. I get Jokic. I don't think anybody else is in for me with the news we have. Sounds good. We may have another quick one here. We gonna have a quick one with Houston and Phoenix here. How many oh, for guys? Sure. I'm mean, okay, sure. the over under is at one. Are we pushing or are we under? Uh, maybe one, uh, one on the head, and it's going to be a very unlikely person. It's Kelly Olenek. There you go. Kelly O is the only guy I'm interested in, and on FanDuel, I may not even be interested because he's at center. Um, but I just I, I think he's the guy. Christian Wood is down to 7,400, which isn't terrible, but I. I don't think we need this game to win a GPP unless some serious guys get ruled out. And I don't see Phoenix, Phoenix resting bodies when they're the two seed and got the Clippers at their heels. Clippers playing right now, actually uh, playing Detroit. So they should be handling business. I'm going to try to see if I can check that score while you talk about how bad this game may be from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, it's bad, but it has a chance to flip this thing on its head with late swap. If, Houston does what they've been doing all year and just ruling people out. And if that is a 10 o'clock Eastern game, if that stuff comes at like eight Eastern, you could have some serious leverage. You know, I don't, I I don't want to play wall. If woods in, I don't want to play wood. If walls in, you know, they're both wood 7,900 walls, 8k. That just doesn't do it for me. Doesn't do it for me. Chris Paul, 8,400. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, Kevin Porter. I don't want to play him with Wall and Wood and Porter 6,500. Tate, 60, Deshaun Tate's up to 64. I, I'm, I'm out on all these guys at their prices when hypothetically all the people are, are, you know, the supporting cast are all in. Tough to play anybody on that. Can't do it. Can't Won't do, do it. it. Mike Singletary. <laughs> Can't do it. Won't Can't do it. it. So that's it. We just wrapped up the slate here. What do you got? Damn. Listen, you know it's GPP food of the daytime. So you got this something? Is, this is what I think we do on Mondays, man. Let's kick it off with sweet tooth stuff on Mondays. Because everybody, look, we, you know, I think every, I think most people like a good dessert. I, I think good desserts are always in order. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to go back to Mama's Kitchen, ladies and gentlemen. And so instead of me talking about a restaurant. And there is a restaurant that makes a pretty good one. But let's talk about Mama's Kitchen. And I'm going to give you guys a good old recipe from Mama's Kitchen. We're going to talk about banana pudding, Luch. Good old-fashioned banana pudding. Check this out. I know most people make banana pudding. You know, they take their pudding. And I'm not sure if you're going to use a vanilla version or a banana version. I think the vanilla version is better. Can you tell I'm giving you the recipe? Watch this. And, and you know, you're going to take instead of using vanilla wafers, 
because that's the standard. I got my hands on this recipe from Sweet Mama's Kitchen. Chessman shortbread cookies instead of vanilla wafers. Ladies and gentlemen, try your banana pudding with Chessman. And I'm, by Pepperidge Farm, I'm giving it to you now. Chessman uh, shortbread cookies, vanilla pudding, put your bananas in there, right? Get you some whipped cream if you want. Uh, get you some pineapple shavings if you want. I'm not telling you what to do. I like mine just a regular standard way, right? Get that in there. It's a, it's a game changer, Luch. A game changer. Banana pudding with chessmen. Short, and this is how you do it. Put your chessmen shortbread cookies under the bottom. Put them around the edge of the pan. Put the pudding and bananas in. Put your layer of cookies in between each each one. Put, I'm telling you guys, it's going to change your life. Chessmen shortbread cookies in your banana pudding. You heard it right here on the Bubble Brothers podcast. These are pro tips, guys. You can't find this exclusive content on any other type <laughs> site across the industry. Who's going to tell you about your pudding? And then anywhere else? You, nobody. You, nobody. Ain't nobody. I like chocolate pudding, man. You know what? I, I like chocolate pudding pie. Get that pie crust, right? Let's go. The graham, oh, the graham crack. Oh, or, or the chocolate, uh, like the Oreo style cookie crust. You could do that. That's what. Yeah, that's oh. what I'm a little pull of whipped cream on there, right? I mean, yeah. You can't, you just can't go wrong with it, you know? You know, a lot of people are big in a rice pudding, you know? It's like a... I'm not a rice pudding guy, actually. Me either, but I'm up here in potato country, and everything has grains in it. I <laughs> get it. I'm not I the biggest it. fan, though, either, but it, a lot of people go to bat for it, so I, I respect that. I don't think you can go wrong with banana chocolate or, you know, if rice is your thing, then, hey, you, you go for it, but... yeah. Yeah, maybe we got a Sweet Tooth Monday thing going, right? And then Sweet Tooth Monday. Don't worry. Listen, I don't know if you can tell. I got plenty of options in my back pocket here. I grew up in the good old country, South Carolina, so there's always a dessert or two lurking in the kitchen. Chief, my man, great show as usual. Where can the people find you on Twitter? And what do you got going on this week for RG? At Chief Justice 06. Uh, uh, always on on Tuesdays at 730 uh, or anytime between 7.30, 7.35. That's our sports car show every week. Uh, this week, we're going to be on cardboard. So but basically what we've been doing is alternating cardboard and NBA Top Shot. So Top Shot's one week, cardboard's the next week. This week, we're on cardboard. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll have that topic rolling out. Good article coming out from my man, uh, uh, Brent Ruby. So it's going to be super fun. I know you guys heard a car probably just now. Don't know what that was about, but um, so yeah, that's where I'll be. I'll be on live shows on Tuesday and Thursday and the Bubble Brothers podcast Monday, Thursday, and Friday. So it's going to be a fun-filled week and uh, let's get with it, man. And make sure, ladies and gentlemen, please hold me accountable in golf. If I don't have any golf lineups in, you know, you need to be screaming at me on Twitter. I I will accept uh, your reprimands. Good stuff. Good stuff. Look me up on Twitter, guys, at the J Carlucci, whatever I can do to help. I'll gladly point in the right direction. And if you have any GP2 food of the day discussions, we'll gladly give you a shout out if you got a good one. We had a cheesesteak discussion last week from our guy, Chris, one of our loyal listeners. So that was awesome. Chris, when I come to New York, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to your spot for this chorizo queso. I promise I'll meet you guys. I will there. head there. I'm two hours from the city. So I'm, we'll, we'll do this. We'll do this. Awesome. For Will Priester, I'm Justin Carlucci. Have a great Monday and good luck.